Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. I'm feeling very normal tonight, Kylan. Oh, good one. Yep. Thank you. That was perfect. No notes. (laughs) Thank you. And, of course, we have our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. It's vacation, Josh. This week, I... <laughs> it's big house. It sure is, he's buddy. Not, he's not producing shit. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't producing nothing. This is my week off. You're straight up on oh, vacation. Oh, man. No producing That's here. Great. I like And vacation, I wear cowboy Josh. hats now. Yeah. Get used I'm, to su- it. I'm a little mad you didn't introduce it. like, welcome to Church Dames Now. I'm Kyle and Savage. Or <laughs> cowboy hats and now. I wear cowboy welcome hats. To Church Dames Now. I wear cowboy hats now. Welcome, partners. That was the first. So I haven't seen Joe in like, almost like two years, and we stopped by his house, and that was the first thing I said to him. <laughs> he just hugged. I was like, "I wear cowboy hats now. Get used to it." And so now he started telling everyone else too. Yep, he sure did. Um, yeah. So it's you know we're in a you know we're in the middle of summer right now. We're kind of all over the place. Josh, of course, is on vacation. Uh, TJ's back in the Pacific Northwest. I'm, I'm currently in Arkansas. I uprooted my life and oh. uh, moved across the country uh, without knowing where I'm going to end up. So it's uh, it's classic it's been Island hygiene summer so far. Oh yeah, that's, we're living our best that's lives. True, uh, the Chaos Goblin is running strong. <laughs> so I, I say all that to say. I'm not entirely sure what we're talking about this week. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to Vacation Josh. And uh, can you tell us uh, what album we're talking about? I'll, I'll try to pull it together and be semi-professional during this. Uh, the time you got, this little time you got for my vacation. But uh, we are talking about <laughs> our good buddy Larry Norman and his album, So Ooh. Long Ago The Garden. All right. So I will say that this is kind of I a. Uh, am, oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying I'm very excited. I am excited too. Uh, I originally included this as one of my wish list records for the year before I subsequently snuck in two additional wish list records so far this year. <laughs> so this Sneaky was one man. of my. So what, what makes this not a wish list record now? I mean, I guess it still is. It's still, it's still classified as a wish list. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I think we just yeah. have to cover it for science. So. But we, for, we science. Are, for science, for science, it's not a wish list anymore. So that's why we are covering this record, and we're covering it because it turned fifty or turned fifty this year, and we covered only visiting this that's planet crazy. last year for its fiftieth anniversary. So I feel like we should just keep a good thing going, you know? They bomb back to nineteen seventy-three. Well, I love that because the Larry Norman, like the discovery of Larry Norman. Uh, and that record, Only Visiting This Planet, was, for me, my favorite discovery on this show. Like, an album I never would have listened to if it were not for Church Jams Now. Remember, Josh, like, part A, TG and I were very incredulous. Yeah, you were very deserved. You're like, what is Josh doing? Larry Norman, man, proved us all wrong, put us to shame by creating a great record 50 years ago <laughs> that we didn't believe in or know anything about. 
I have noticed on, on Twitter he gets mentioned every now and then in the whole CCM Twitter community. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's been in a lot of like Eric's bracket like tournaments and stuff and he always gets demolished like at, and oh he gets snubbed so yeah. hard like hard man and so we are out right. here proselytizing yeah we are evangelizing listen to more larry norman because after all y'all why should the devil have all the good music right exactly, exactly. Come on. or five iron frenzy <laughs> yeah if why you, should they win all the polls go by just twitter <laughs> <laughs> Devil of Fire okay, so difference. tell us about this record. All right, I'll tell you about this record. So we covered some history on Larry Norman in our volume 20, Only Visiting This Planet. So check it out for some more back history on Larry Norman. Uh, I will mention a couple members for this record. So this was similar to where Larry recorded this record with a lot of session and studio musicians. Uh, but there are some other people of note on uh, present on this record. So Larry, we have Larry Norman, of course. Randy Stonehill played acoustic guitar, who is apparently another pioneer of CCM that I did not know about until mm. doing research for this. So I was like, that's another person that we'll have to check out on this show potentially. Uh, if you know any great Randy Stonehill records or tips or where to start, let us know. We'd love to. We'd love to find out. Uh, Mickey Please, Keen yeah. is on guitar. Uh, bass is played by David Wintour. Not Winter, Wintour. Uh, he is also the session bassist. Winter. He's a session bassist, and he also played in the band Steelers Wheel. I found a note. Oh, nice. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. And then Michael Giles plays drums. He is the original drummer for King Crimson, who, uh, which Adrian oh. Belou would oh, wow. later join, which we talked about on our Charles Clay episode. And there are a bunch of other studio guys that would go on to gain some accolades, but uh, I didn't write them all down because it would have been a lot. Yeah, and you're on vacation. And I'm on vacation. I wrote these notes a while ago, but I could have <laughs> freshened them up before. But I'm on vacation, guys. <laughs> I went to a theme park today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this record <laughs> was released in, I think, November of 1973. I can't find, it's real hard to find like specific dates with all these older records, uh, especially Carmen records. That's, I can't find any of them. Uh, but right. it, it, I do know that it came out in 1973. So we are celebrating it. It's turning 50 years old. And I found out it was interesting. Ooh. Larry Norman was uh, 26 when this album released. This is his hmm. fourth LP and the wow. second in a trilogy that he has that started with Only Visiting This Planet, then. So long ago, the garden in '73, and then what is it? Uh, in another land, in another land in '76. Thank you, TJ. So, and I was—I <laughs> think you. it's like a—I don't—I had haven't found where it's like what the idea behind the trilogy is, but it seems to me to be a little bit of like present, past, and future. Only visiting this planet is very present focused. So long ago, the garden. The idea is the past, and then. Uh, in another land and he talks about like new jerusalem and stuff is the future um and he talks about in another, cool. yeah uh the label this was released on was mgm records other 1973 releasers from mgm wow. on this time was little people like frank sinatra roy orbison hank williams jr louis armstrong so he's on a big record label which he was for only visiting this planet Dang. as well yeah <laughs> The producers, we have John Miller, Roger Hand, and Rod Edwards, which are the same crew that we have for Only Visiting This Planet. So I'm going and expecting the same. Oh, cool. 
uh, level of production, as which is should bode well, I think. For sure. Definitely. Um, Stat-wise, this seems to be the least popular between the three trilogy records. Obviously, Only Visiting is the real big one. Then In Another Land, I think, has some other of his big songs. But this one seems to be kind of like the sleeper one. So I'm very intrigued to see what is on this record. Um, songwriting credits are Larry Norman. Yeah. Christmas Time was also written by, was written by Larry and Randy Stonehill. Oh, I have a, I kind of have a lot on this, so forgive me as I kind of go in and give a little context. But there are only nine songs on the original release. Um, but there are, according to Larry, there's like uh, the record company dropped some of his other like Christian songs that he wanted on there in the favors for some more like songs that he had uh, planned to originally release as just singles. Because um, I guess hmm. he says, okay. yeah, because he says the record company obviously was more concerned with commerce than art. They wanted two songs on the album. These songs were B-sides recorded for singles. I was of the old school from where the Beatles had come, believing that singles should be recorded for single releases and that albums should not contain the singles, but be works of art, art separate unto themselves. I tried to keep the polished hmm. commercial singles separate from the artistic music made for the record, as I intended with... Uh, I love you during the days, my days at Capitol Records. It was disappointing to me when the music was mixed together in the same format, which is what I found for a quote from him. Mm. So that, so we'll be talking about like the original release of the nine songs, but I think we can also talk about some other records, which there is, or the other songs that might have made the cut if we want to include alternate track lists or consider those, uh-huh. which you can hear on Bandcamp. There's yeah. a Larry Norman Bandcamp that has like all his like all his records that have ever been released, which is tons of live records oh, cool. as well. Yeah, so we, you can go there if you want to check those out. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention is, is that this record sparked some controversy with Larry appearing in the nude on the cover because so of the cover the lion over. Yeah. The, I wanted to yes. bring up the cover. So it did spark some controversy when this uh, was yeah. released. TJ, have you seen the cover? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. I, I pulled it up just a couple minutes ago and definitely wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's the most 1973 thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Josh, why was it controversial at the time? Because he is, he's not wearing any clothes. He's nude. Mm-hmm. He's naked. He sure is. Yeah, it's supposed to be a Christian album, mm-hmm. and the body is shameful. Don't you know this? <laughs> oh, I know. I thought maybe it was because of the lion. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was because of the lion. Christians famously hate lions. Yeah, they're not pro lion at all. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> we shouldn't get into that. Uh, I love this cover. I want this cover it's as a cool. tattoo on my body. Tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> you want Larry Norman? On this cover, tattooed on your. Uh huh. I feel like that makes sense. That, that sure. could work. Yeah. Like, like I can see on that. my th- on my thigh. Ooh, yeah. Big, like, big bold canvas maybe there. Upside down. Whereas, like, you can look where, at it. Yeah. Where when I wear shorts, it's just like cut <laughs> off right, right above his flaccid flop. <laughs> Gosh. Oh no. I'll cut this. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, for one, definitely want to advocate for us listening to the reissued almost dot 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 so long ago, The Garden and the MGM singles, which includes a song called Peace Pollution Revolution, which is not on the original, Mm. I think. 
I just want, I don't think I so. want that yeah. in my life. Peace pollution revolution. Yeah. Sweet. So we'll listen to yeah, we'll listen to all the bonus stuff and we'll we'll cover it in part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, let's do Josh, it. Josh, do you do you, That's fun. do you have any more any more research? No, that was a that was a lot. Of, thank you for uh, indulging me. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, of Good course. Stuff. You're on Thanks. vacation, man. Whatever. Yeah. You want. Well, and I feel like with Larry Norman stuff like that, it's so historical <laughs> that I feel like you gotta like give a little more. Yeah. Exactly. Research and context for and sure. stuff. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, guys, should we just like do away with the formalities? I mean, we're all going to predict a bop for this, right? I mean, is, are any of us not? Maybe after, not. After the last record, TJ? I don't know. Because, I mean, if the, you know, y'all remember uh, I came up with the idea of First Fire way back in the Halcyon days of the early episodes of this podcast. and. It can not only apply to yeah. verses, but it can apply to records. Um, in in that moment, I was I was speaking about verses in songs, and then the second verse being kind of trash. But I, right? I don't know. I don't know if his if his streak is going to hold up. I'm not saying I have doubt in the great Father Norman. I'm just saying I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm uncertain. The jury's out. So I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to ride the fence and say I might predict a bop. Maybe. I don't know. Might I don't know. predict a bop. But I you're okay. You're a, a lot more hesitant than I anticipated. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm pulling a Kylan and I want to add some drama to this episode because I don't want us to just be three fanboys geeking out the whole okay, time. Okay. I get that. But I also really do have a little hesitance about this one for some reason i can't i can't place why i can't articulate interesting i just have a feeling i might not i get that be as all in i don't know see i i learned our lesson from the emery episode and i do appreciate the trying to come at it a a little more objectively Uh, larry norman's the only exception in the entire cjn discography (laughs) that like the only exception that I will make because I feel like that, That's fair. that first record was so good and I want more people to listen to him. Oh yeah. But, so I'm hoping it's a little more Empire Strikes Back and a little less Matrix Reloaded. That would be right? great. Like, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Bring that strong sequel energy. I'm here for it. I just yeah. don't know. So so okay. I'm gonna predict All a right. possible All bop. Right. You know, I a I, pop, I if you will. That. Is it is it just because is it because you just saw Neil Young? And now you just you, yep. you want Larry Norman to be Neil Young because I yeah, do <laughs> exactly. I do. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're you're living in that world a little more. I absolutely. Yeah, this should be the stakes are high at the perfect time. You know. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah, it could really yeah, exactly. really land, or it might Open. not. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna say I think it will bop. I don't think it will be as big of a bop as only visiting this planet was and i don't think it could because we went in really not knowing anything and just got like blown away that was just such a surprise yeah it was it was like the best surprise that we could have hoped for um but i mean we have the same team that made only visiting this planet this is only a year after that record so i think there's a lot of like the same things that are going to be firing. But I mean, I think it does speak to the fact that this record does, isn't as popular as it seems like only visiting this planet in, in another land. So I think that that 
is something to take right. into effect. And I think that speaks for a, a lot of maybe why. Well, well, we'll see of what we get into. But yeah, I don't think it's going to bop as hard. Yeah. But I am expecting a bop for this record. Nice. Me too, man. All right. right. And just, yeah, and I think we mentioned, or we didn't necessarily mention, but none of us have ever listened to this record before. We're going in completely blind. Correct. I know no so, songs. Yes, from it. same. That's right. No songs. Crazy. Which is exciting. So, I'm excited. I'm 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 very yeah, excited for me it. Too. So yeah, so we're gonna take a little break. You're gonna listen to some sweet, sweet ads, and when we return, we will dive into Larry Norman's nineteen seventy-three record, So Long Ago the Garden. So long ago. Seventies was so long ago. Hey jammers, interrupting the show here to talk about our favorite sponsor ever, CollideRecords.com. For those of you that may not know, or if it's your first time listening to us, CollideRecords.com has been the greatest sponsor ever. They have vinyl, CDs, all of your physical media needs that you might have. A lot of stuff that we actually cover on this show. That's true. And you know what's even better is if you use our promo code. We have a promo purchase, code. You can get what percentage off? Uh, 20% off. 20? 20! 20! 20%. That's wild. Josh, what's that promo code? Hit him with it. Promo code is CHURCHJAMSNOW, all one word, to get 20% off your first order at Collide Records. Uh, and I would recommend just going and checking out their new releases tab to see what they've mm-hmm. recently got in stock or mm-hmm. check out their pre-orders as well. They've always got some new cool stuff coming in as well. In addition to looking up all your old favorites of super hard to find CDs or very awesome precedents of vinyl. I mean, yeah. so fill out that back cool catalog, you know, and do it exactly a little, uh, little on the cheap. It's the way to go. So we'll say that one more time. CollideRecords.com, promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW for 20% off your first purchase. And let's get back to the show. Thank you. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening to those sweet, sweet ads as much as we enjoyed making them. Uh, so we have just spent a week listening to So Long Ago The Garden. And, of course, I have to ask, before we pull a Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right in, do we have any general thoughts on this record? I don't know, man. Last week was so long ago. Oh, nice. Oh, that was I, really I've gone back and forth. I have, like, a couple things that I was like, ooh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. But I'm like, now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. If I want to, like, make any predictions, any calls kind of thing. So... TJ, did you... You predicted like a bear bop, right? Or did you predict a flop? I believe I predicted a bear flop. A bear flop, yeah. Okay, so I'm curious to get into it because I think the analogy I made was I hope it's more, or what did I say? I hope it's less Matrix Reloaded and more Two Towers maybe? I don't know. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, thank you. Two Towers. You said Empire. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Yeah, I will say I'm back from vacation and I feel very much like Kylan that I don't remember much of what we talked about for part A. <laughs> vacation Josh. I know like I had totally a lot different. of stuff. That was Vacation Josh. Man, Vacation Josh is a vibe. Because I had a lot of like <laughs> research and like context and stuff about this, but I didn't know how much I shared because it was a lot. So I'm like, did I share this? Did I? I can't remember. So if I repeat anything, forgive me. Yeah, we, we will. 
Vacation Josh is dead. So so that makes Josh is back. Long live producer Josh. (laughs) This makes our second Larry Norman episode in which something was very different in part A than part B because right the the first one I had COVID for part A right. You did. You did. And then you were on vacation. It's like the same kind of thing. I know. I, I'm excited to yep. see what happens for the third one. Yeah. <laughs> Something's going to happen with TJ. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so coming. I Everything comes in threes, man. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and just uh, get right into it with track number one. So I will say right off the bat, on Spotify, track one is listed as Fly, Fly, Fly. But I believe that the actual name of the track is Meet Me at the Airport. Parentheses. Fly, fly, fly. Fly, Alright, does this feel one part Harry Belafonte and one part 70 sitcom theme? It's like a little bit of like CCR <laughs> trying to do Zydeco, <laughs> which like right does not work a lot of for CCR me. In there, which <laughs> I didn't has realize an over- it. overlap with Harry Belafonte for sure. For and sure. it also feels like a sit- a sitcom theme. It does. It does really it does. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, can see like yeah, a yeah. like it comes on after Three's Company, and it's like about a buddy, like, like an airplane aviator. pilot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like a pilot and his wife is a shrew. He's like, just leave me alone. I just want to drink beer and fly planes. I just want to fly planes. (laughs) Flight, the sitcom. That's it. Um, It's a great combination. Beer and flying planes. Yeah. That's not going to end up badly at all. It was the 70s after all. Yeah, it was the 70s. Yeah. I don't love the, the... Zydeco, Calypso. The Rose thing. Kind of thing, man. I just don't like it. Yeah. It's never really connected with me uh, when white people do it. It feels <laughs> it feels like white guy Well, that's dancing. why I said the Harry Belafonte thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like it feels a little bit of like a, oh, I see what you're doing there. I can do it too. Here, here we go. Right, yeah, yeah. And, it, and like some of it lands, some of it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very mixed. I have mixed feelings on it. Oh, I guess I didn't even I didn't even remember one of my notes going off of the sitcom theme. I wrote I think I did this on another song on an album relatively recently, but it feels very schoolhouse rocky. Like this could be like a schoolhouse yes. rock song yeah. like yeah. that teaches you about airplanes. <laughs> I'm going to fly, fly, fly. <laughs> what do they do? They fly, fly, fly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fly up in the sky. Oh, like, yeah, man. it's like... <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh so not off to yeah. a great start is what yeah. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would I would say the same. I did like that the first line of this song is took a plane to Minnesota and I was in Minnesota when I oh, first listened right. to the song. So that was fun, but other than that, this one got stuck in my head I feel like the most, but I wasn't really happy about that cuz yes. okay. Crazy That's about it. That's well articulated. That's exactly how I felt about it. Because that Rose line, that boo doo 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 is like so much and an then Larry singing fly, fly, fly. But not yeah. in a good way. Yes. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> it's I have supposed to be fun. He's the exact same note about 
about another song in this album, and I can almost guarantee that both of y'all know which song I'm talking about. That I got mm. stuck in my head yeah. and fucking hated oh, that I, I got it stuck know. in my head. <laughs> I do uh, know what it is. Yeah, and we'll get to it. But okay, yeah, all I'm of that guess. being said, all of that being said, <laughs> you right off the bat, you got some sweet, sweet bass. And as much as I don't That's like true. this song, the production is so good. Again, like kind of it like the first layer. Really like good. the yeah. production is so solid. Like all the players and everything on it, yeah. it's just like the way it's mixed, the way it hits your ears is so good. And I don't like I it. I love how the drums sound on this record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. The drums sound Great really, production. Hate really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the drums do sound really cool. It is it is a very fun sounding song mm-hmm. uh, sonically, just sonically, not like musically necessarily. But right. I thought it was interesting that that they chose to just really right out of the gate, like launch into a fast up-tempo, high energy, enthusiastic song, like compared to the first track on only visiting this planet. I've got to learn to live without you. It's like this kind of, it takes it, it takes a second to like launch into the stratosphere, but then it goes right. there, you know, this one is just like right out of the gate. It's like fly, fly, fly roads. Like we're going crazy. Right. It, it feels very, like, it, it feels very like sequel E of like, okay, it's established who this is. We're going to just jump right into right. the action. You know, we're, we're getting right into it for yeah. better or for worse. Which, yeah, I would argue t- for worse, but yeah, well, pacing wise, it's an interesting choice. As we get into the rest of the album, I have an argument for why maybe like it would have been better to use as a track five or six yeah. or something. But well, I mean, we talked know. about that in part a It's a choice. <laughs> I don't know if Vacation Josh remembers this, but we'll see. Uh, we talked about how <laughs> there was such. Uh, this is like such a clear case of studio or label interference. Of like, mm-hmm. there were songs yeah. that he just wanted to release as B sides for singles that they decided to put on the album, and I think he didn't have as much say in the track listing. Well, and we had that also with Only Visiting This Planet, because the original mm-hmm. track list has Why Don't You Look Into Jesus as track one, which he wanted as track three. Right. So they kind of like put that as track one for that record and put this as yeah. on the record as well. In that case, yeah. I agree with the label. I think that was I think that was the right choice for track one. Probably was. Uh yeah. yeah. Do we have anything else for Fly Fly Fly? Baby gets me. Lyrically, high. I wanted to say you're so high, baby. Um, I feel like we're already getting some themes of like love, distance, a little bit of helplessness, loss, separation. There's there's like there's like the the small narrative of like, oh, it's hard being on tour and traveling and like I miss I miss, you know, my love and all this. But then there's like the the larger arc or narrative of like wholeness and belonging and like right. separation. And I'm curious to see if that trend continues. That's what I wrote when yeah. I first when you first listened. Well, that's wow. a much sure more articulate something. All right, that's yeah. a much more articulate way <laughs> of saying what I said on a later song. My note was, "Man, this is this is a sad and horny album." <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what TJ said. Yeah, yeah we, it's just like it reduced down. Thing, yeah. It's, <laughs> It's really sad and it's really horny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. I was going to say, uh, lyrically, I assumed I knew why Larry spent a lot of times in taxi cabs, which I think, does he only say taxi cab? Does it say singular? But uh, he does say in one of the choruses, I spend too much time in taxi cabs. Don't uh, ask me why. Don't ask me why. I can't tell you. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> now I'm a little suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's figured because you're a touring that's musician. Sus, buddy. But now is there something else I need to now worry what's about? What's going here? on? Larry. So, uh, and point. other than that, I would just cut this song at 235 and you should yes, have a whole minute. That, I literally have that same note, Josh. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that exact yeah. note. He just repeats In the, the chorus for the last Thailand. minute. Just cut it. Yeah. You don't it's too need long. it. It's too long. Yeah. You don't need it. It's too long. You and you want it. like a nice, if you're going to start with a fun, like up-tempo song, make it short and quick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. with like a line that's like so up front and it's like, do 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 Like, okay. How many times can you do that before we all just want to like, that was the wild thing to me, like listening to it is I also felt it was so long. Guys, it's only three minutes and 37 seconds. That's like not long for a song, but it felt I like know. one of the longest songs on the record because it's so repetitive. It does yeah. mm-hmm. the newsboys thing of like not yeah. really having enough song and just kind of right. repeating that one that thing over song. and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I mean, the same old just, story, guys. Oh, god damn it, you beat me to it. Uh, okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Here's track two, the same old story. Now it's the same old story, though you approach it from a different place. And the lady is lovely. She wears such a beautiful face. And though you try hard to stop it, I feel like this is this could be like a Jim Croce song. Thank you. Like yes. Very photographs and memories. Word for word. Hey, TJ. I said it was very Eagles. You, so it's adjacent to, to it is very Eagles Jim, too. Jim Croce. But guys, stop the bongos. Yeah. Basically the same band. Stop the damn <laughs> oh, bongos. The bongos. <laughs> you didn't notice the bongos? That's the only thing I noticed. <laughs> Honestly, though, here's what sucks. That's some brand for you. Here's what sucks. If it was not for the bongos, this would be my favorite song on the record. No mm. way. Seriously? For real. And the bongos keep it from wow. that. It's like a sleeper contender, you know? Like, at first, you're like, this is kind of just boring. But then you're like, you like, you groove with it? And yeah. I, I don't want to take, I don't want to steal anything away from you, Kylan, but something is going to town on this song, too. Yeah. Mr. David Wintour is for sure shredding it for sure, and the guitar work is so good. I wrote all the double stops in that yes. solo are just so yes. beautiful. Man. Yeah, that's what felt really Eagles yeah. to me too. And the harmonization, yeah, yeah, the harmonization is like Almond Brothers via Eagles, and it sounds so fun. I love those moments in the song. They really redeemed the song for me because I I also felt like okay this is this song's fine, the bongos didn't bother me near as much as they bothered you, Kyle. <laughs> but I was like it's fine. But the guitar, the instrumental breaks with those great harmonized guitars with the stops. I, it's 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 really lovely. But that was kind of it for me. Like mm. that kind of did that was like it's like okay. So I don't know. I mean, there was some cool bass work. Well. I also have, I have one, 
one Genius.com annotation for this song, if y'all are ready. <laughs> Let's hear it, it, man. I've got a couple throughout the <laughs> album. Uh, but in the first verse, he says, And the lady is lovely. She wears such a beautiful face. That's like a normal line in a song, right? Sure. So, <laughs> but like most genius annotations, I don't understand why someone decided to dedicate time in their life to go onto the internet <laughs> and to go to the lyrics page for this song, specifically to type out this message that they felt gave this song the needed context in their minds for people to fully enjoy the song. Here's the, here's the note. So the I line is, is I think this is for me because I've I really haven't been you don't know what the song's right. about. So I I'm really gonna need this context. <laughs> so the line you needed it. Yeah, this and is And the for lady me. is lovely. She wears <laughs> such a beautiful face. Here's here's the annotation. Appearances can be deceptive. An oblique reference to married life. Ooh. Brutal. <laughs> what? There's some. I don't some know. Baggage. Yeah, there's some. There's something know. going on. Someone there, need. Man. Someone checked some baggage at the airport when they were fly, fly, flying. <laughs> yeah, well, they were fly, fly, flying. Were and fly, it's the fly, same fly, one all the way to couple therapy, therapy the next day. Ooh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> that is man, an insane thing rough. to write. I mean, it is. The lyrics are definitely more of that, like, sort of bittersweet love dynamic, right? The like the. The like good, bad, the right. love and an loss, oblique reference the to separation, life, like obviously. The, I for that person, what's the username on this? I didn't check. Are we the calling them out. What's happening here? No, I Paul didn't check the username on that one. <laughs> Paul, oh no! <laughs> no. no I know. I, I don't wish that on Paul. I just <laughs> call back to our oh. mute method. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Or or it's Bible. I'm gonna find this. No, no. Here, I got it. I got it. Jason. Yeah, Kemp. yeah, yeah. All right, Jason. Get at us, man. If you're listening. Jason, I hope you're doing well out there. We do hope you're doing well. Yeah. That's just like, and that's the only annotation on this song at all. And that line is just like, it's such, such a vague, innocuous, like singer songwritery. Like that line, literally, I would say of all the lines in this song, that line means the least. (laughs) The lady is lovely. She wears such a beautiful face. And his his appearances can be deceptive. An oblique reference to married life. Jesus, dude. Yeah. Because okay? I feel like he's just trying to say like an artistic way of saying she's attractive. He's pretty. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's trying to say like, oh, there's something hidden here. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bummer, though, like for Larry. Like I, this is the point in the album. I was already kind of on the fence about it. but But now in this song, I'm like... Larry, what's going on, buddy? Are you okay? He's what sad and horny, dude. Like a lot of that. Yes, I know, but mostly just sad. Like, mm-hmm. like the fact that already song two, he's like, you're gonna wind up losing. So there's no reason to pretend. But you right. go through the motions, and you tell her that you'll never part. You say your love will last forever, but you know she's gonna break your heart. Like this this is song two bud but, what but there's a there there's a thing i have it later on in the record and we'll get into it more then but there's a lot of that on this record of like because i i think we kind of talked about in the last larry norman episode but there's that documentary about him and there i've i've found like lots of stories and accounts and things of his sort of like i i would say indiscretions 
of, you know, beyond mm-hmm. being married. I don't know. There's a lot of this record that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way of that sort of self-pity of sort of preemptively right. coming across as a victim of like, well, she broke right. my heart. So it's probably okay. I slept with this 19 year old. You know what I mean? Like there's like quite a bit of that on this record that just didn't really sit right with me of like, dude, just like own your shit. <laughs> Cause a lot yeah. of it, a lot of it felt do very think- like victim of like, Oh, she just, I can't yeah. get what I want. She just broke my heart, blah, blah, blah. Without like, there's no accountability, I guess. Well, it definitely feels like a dark stage for Larry and one where he's like airing his grievances. I think he was pouring it into the music where maybe he should have been pouring it into like good conversations with trusted mentors (laughs) and therapists. (laughs) And instead he decided to pour it into the music to make this album. And where I thought we were going to get like interesting metaphor on the creation story and how it applies to right uh, life today <laughs> yeah Same instead it's like yeah. this sad breakup album with a little bit of what i just said right yeah yeah on the exactly. side <laughs> exactly <laughs> not to play my hand <laughs> too heavily <laughs> this early but uh, yeah. i kind of just named it i think yeah 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 for sure <laughs> that 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 pretty well sums Whoops. up my 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 <laughs> thoughts on the album as well Whoops. okay <laughs> do we have anything else on the same old story wow <laughs> no uh, I was just going to say that this song ends with a fade out, as does track one, which mm-hmm. I feel like is always weird to end your first track with a fade out. Right. Um, and I will be bringing this note up multiple times on this episode. So oh, yeah. get Thanks, ready. Josh. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Josh, Josh V fade outs, man. Uh, well, I for one, I, I for one love the fade outs. Uh, but it might just be really, me. yeah. And I just feel, you know, I, I'm lonely by I'm lonely by myself in loving the fade outs. I wish you guys would join me over here. No, I don't. I don't care for the fade outs. Here's track three, <laughs> "Lonely by Myself." This is the the song where I my first note was this is a sad horny album. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things I feel like cuz in Larry talking about this record he says like I don't know he's like paints it as like constructing it as like these are characters and like the message that he's trying to say is like people looking for things that they that they should find in God, like, but find looking for it in relationships. But it's also one of those things I'm like, if this is such a pervasive theme, we're only in track three, but we've already said that heartbreak and loneliness is such a pervasive theme on this record. Like, I have to imagine a lot, like, there's definitely some personal spilling over, even if you're trying to be like, I'm writing this as a character piece. You're like, but you're really going to this well a lot here. Are you? (laughs) Right, right. Thank you. You really relate to these characters, don't you, bud? <laughs> right. It's like yeah. it's like Johnny Cash writing a song about like a piece of shit dude from Arkansas. You're like, well, okay. <laughs> like 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> Total character. You made that up. Entirely fictitious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I just feel like he was trying to do he was trying to veil it all in like an Elton John impression. I this wrote one. this is straight up Elton John. That's my next note Thank on this song. Nice. This Thank is you. straight yep. up yep. Elton You're John. You're very right. Yeah. Uh even down to the like like the melody choices and the the doubled vocal effect feels yep. super yep. Elton John, but I love it. And like a little verby, like Yeah. And I also I love mixing the the grand piano with the electric piano. Yeah. Uh I think that's incredible. It's a cool touch. Like it works. Again, I yeah. feel like we're saying the same thing. Like the production again, mm-hmm. just like in Only Visiting This Planet yeah. is is like pretty impeccable. Like we right. don't have any qualms sonically so far. But like I, everything else. <laughs> right. I will say this is potentially my favorite song on the record. Whoa. Mm. Um explain but, yourself, sir. Well, I can't yet. I have to wait until we cover the whole record. Because I think my actual favorite song is one of the bonus tracks that we may not get to on the main feed episode. Mm. So I, I'll, I'll bring it to the board whether that's acceptable Ooh, as okay. a because it was originally intended to be on the track list, but right. it's not on the quote unquote official track list. Didn't make the cut. So. I don't know if that's necessarily if that's if that's okay or not. I'm bringing that to y'all whether mm. that's okay. If not, then this is my favorite song. Because uh, we'll have two versions. If Infeed, yeah, favorite song, and, and Patreon, Patreon. Favorite song. What's my actual mm. Patreon favorite song? <laughs> <laughs> <Subscribe>. That was <laughs> We should just do that every episode to increase our Patreon. Yeah, numbers. that's true. That's true. That's smart. That's smart, um, Kylan. Smart. Yeah. So musically, production-wise, this song was, I I feel like, miles above a lot of the other stuff on this record. I think because it is an Elton John song. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But it's so good. And and, uh, of all the, like, sad, whiny songs on the record, this one felt, I don't know, I I just connected with it the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't, like, maybe because it was, like, sad... Without being horny, it was just like more that kind of general sort of angst. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm lonely. There is by a myself lot of angst and, in this one. Yeah, <laughs> although is. I did have a question for y'all because the lyrics that I found online say "faith has put me on the shelf," but I kept hearing "fate has put me on the shelf." So I want to posit that to y'all. Do you know? whether he's saying fate or faith, because that does kind of change a lot of the lyrical interpretation of this song of like just that one word. Yeah. The lyrics I found were faith as well. Really? Um, but I, but I could hear fate too. I hear fate. Yeah. I, yeah, I could, I could see that. Fate sounds right. Like I would assume it's fate. Hold on, let me go to but I wouldn't be songsoflarrynorman.com. Oh, I wouldn't be go. surprised if it is Faith because I think a lot, an undercurrent of this song or this album is a little bit of like a crisis of faith and like wondering right. about, and not just religiously or spiritually, but like faith in himself. I think he's like doing a lot of, there's a lot of internal conflict. He's warring with himself a lot throughout this album. 
and kind of questioning his choices, his identity, his validity as a musician or a songwriter, maybe, um, which will come into play a couple tracks from from now. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, I, I like the idea of it being faith. Faith has put me on the shelf. Like, mm, right. He can't. Yeah. It's like it's almost like putting the the onus on faith as this like greater concept that's that's bigger than any of us. And it's like right. faith as an idea set him down. And it was like, no, you don't get to have faith. Right. We're going to put you away. That's crazy. For now, hmm. I will say I've found on songsoflarrynorman.com, which seems to be a very comprehensive and encyclopedic catalog of all of Larry Norman's career, of all of yeah. his many, many records and songs, yeah. that it does say fate in the lyrics. Mm. So I'm inclined to think that. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I would be inclined to believe that. But I read Faith right uh, in multiple places online. Hmm. And like I said, that kind of changes the whole sort of core of the song. Right. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. But then the following lines, I get so lonely by myself. Who can I turn to? Is is there anybody there? Doesn't anybody care? Oh, doesn't anybody listen? Doesn't anybody care? Like, regardless of whether it's faith or fate, <laughs> like, this is a sad boy jam, man. Like, I know. I think that's why I love so it. I'm out. a sad boy. So this one. I will say, Kylan, that when I first started listening to this record in Minnesota, um, the first two songs, I was pretty like, uh, like I was like real excited to get into this record. And the first right, two yeah, songs yeah. came on, I was like, uh, okay, this is kind of like I wasn't expecting it to hit the highs of only visiting this planet. And the first two right. songs, I was like, okay. But then this song came on, I was like, oh, all right, I'm digging this. Like I was really liking the vibes that this one mm-hmm. had. So yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I've I've got some uh, some notes on it um, that I found. Okay, hit us. If I may uh, share. Sure. I, I found this on wikipedia but i did find it somewhere else as well so it probably does have some uh validity to it but it says lonely by myself was recorded using the same mellotron the beatles used on strawberry fields forever i read this too yep awesome wow paul mccartney was in the next room recording live and let die yes which of course because to remind everyone i don't think i mentioned it vacation josh didn't mention it i don't think that this was also recorded at air studios in london which is of course george martin's studio Right, famously of manager of the Beatles. Uh, and then I did find a quote from Larry of him talking about So Long Ago the Garden in general that he says it's his favorite album, um, but he was talking about how he said uh, So Long Ago the Garden was a definitive, as definitive a statement as I can make about the emptiness of our lives without Christ, just how lonely and wretched we truly are. I alternated songs. One song would talk about a man trying to find satisfaction in true love, expecting a woman to somehow fill all of his needs and be his whole world the next song would be lonely by myself strictly about a man looking for something and he doesn't know what it is so it's it's he seems like to have like this real pride in like how he structured the songs but like for me i'm just like yeah yeah but i'm like i don't know this all just feel like real sad to me (laughs) like i want to buy it because that would be really cool like i would i'd respect that a lot as as an album like as a as a work i'd be like wow that's that's so cool that you thought about this and created this kind of paradigm of like the back and forth the the wholeness and the separation kind of like i i said earlier but 
I don't know. I yeah, but, like, it's but like, once again, I think a little I don't, personal. Then also a sad song again. Like, yeah, right. I, I wonder how that, how it stacks up against his original track list. If that changes anything, or if it is one of those cases, right? Of like, I just put this, I created this thing and put it out in the world, and then I'm going to like justify it after the retroactively. Fact. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's almost it kind of goes back to the to the fate faith thing. Like I think faith ends up being a lot more interesting, but it's very possible that that came about later. Like, oh yeah, you you yeah, I'm saying faith. That sound that sounds better. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, what I said. Oh, you know what? I just found a genius.com annotation that can put this question to rest. Oh great. Perfect. I'll be jiggered four years ago said Fate has put him on the shelf, not faith. Ah, okay. Mm. Well, thanks. I'll be jiggered. They solved it. <laughs> they solved it. Solved the problem. <laughs> Wasn't too big wow. of a jigsaw for I'll be jiggered to, <laughs> to solve. Clearly. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, guys. Do we have anything else for Lonely by Myself? No. So you're going so. on record, I think, saying that for the proper original nine songs, this is your favorite? Uh, yes. All right. I think so. Right. I think it is my favorite. Make my that favorite clear on of the, the nine. Of the nine, it is my favorite. Right. Of the nine. I do have one more thing. I kept seeing the Tim Robinson meme of, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? When I was thinking about um, this as a track three choice, which we often talk <laughs> about as like right. the, the hit song or the single right, or like yeah, the yeah. high energy song, and instead it's this like sad sack ballad. Like I feel like track are you three sure is a about ballad that? spot. Track three is where you put your ballads. Track three is usually I don't know. Yeah. I, I I I see both points of view. Yeah, I think if it, it's a good ballad, yeah, yeah, it could go on track three. Wait, whoa, <laughs> whoa, okay, <laughs> that's my favorite song, dude. You oh, talk Larry, shit let me pull this know, knife man. out of your back. I'm not. Wow. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying nothing. Wow. No, you did. You said a lot. I I said. Hypothetically, if it's a good ballad, it can. I think this is a good ballad. This is my favorite song on the whole goddamn record. I love that in classic Larry Norman fashion, we're like getting a little unhinged (laughs) on this record. We're like getting a a little. little, There's like some tension. A little bit, yeah. I'm I'm here for it. I'm excited. (laughs) One more musical note in the bridge. I love, and I don't think it happens anywhere else on this record, but I love. There's one part where the bass stays on the same note. And the piano does a walk down. Mm, yeah. And that's that's like so cool. That gives it some like, speaking of tension, it gives it like musical tension. Mm, nice. Yeah, you're uh, right. I thought it was very interesting musically. Kept, kept me interested in a, what was a pretty long song. All right, guys, let's move on to track number four. Be careful what you sign. When I bumped into you, I was walking down the road. When I bumped into you Mm, You stopped me You touched me You looked me in the eye Probably wrote this for all those autographs he was probably signing, right? (laughs) (laughs) I loved starting with the acapella vocal. Loved it. Thought it was super rad. Then the goddamn bongos 
There's and the harmonica. Yes, dude. Yes. Oh, the man. bongos and the harmonica. I just, we you talked about this. to bongos. You must be. You've got bongo blindness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it affects more them. people like, than you would. Don't know, you know. Don't yeah. discriminate. <laughs> you're, you're, you're colorblind and bongo blind. Uh, <laughs> I don't love, I, I don't like this kind of harmonica tone. I, we've talked about this before, how I used to love harmonica and hate horns and have somehow inexplicably switched those things. It's true. You have. Right. I don't like the harmonica and I don't like the bongos. And he's just like in the last song, he was trying to be Elton John. This song, he's trying to be Ronnie Van Zant from Lenoud Skinnerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I have another genius annotation, but I'll, I'll save that for a little bit. Okay. I'll let y'all talk a little bit more about the song first. Lyrically, like, okay, so this is our f- most, like, religious that we've got on the record so far. And the most obliquely not him, right? The most actual yes. story. Yes. The most character-driven. It's it's the most story song we've had so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I feel like the metaphors are, like, r- kind of mixed on this one. Like... They're interesting, aren't they? They are interesting. Because, like, I feel like I know enough of within Christianity and, like, the Bible to, like, get what he's inferring. But a lot of times I'm like, I don't think your story comes across the way you wanted it to from the way the the things he says. Right. It kind of throws me off a little bit. You mean where he shot himself at the end? Yeah. Okay. okay. Can I? Please. Shot himself yeah, twice, please. I think. Please. Or, please. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Okay, check this out. This is the first song that grabbed me lyrically. And, and like, one of the only... Um, no. so I love, I love what's happening in this song because it's a little out there. And I think that's reminiscent of like, why, why I really dug only visiting this planet. It's like a lot of that lyrical work that he's, he's getting kind of out in the space a little bit, but, but still somehow grounds things. So at least for me, this song is like one part existential journey, one part devil went down to Georgia, one part looper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So y'all, y'all with me now? So I'm I think when he starts the song, he says, I was walking down the road when I bumped into you. You stopped me. You touched me. You looked into my eye. I had a feeling you knew, you knew me. I just, and decided you must die. I pulled out my Thornton special, which I don't think is a real gun. It's I not a real gun. Yeah. I shot you in the head. I threw you in the alleyway and left you for dead. Then a man with a hat came up from behind. The sky went black and thought I was blind. He put his hand inside my jacket and left a million dollar bill. He slipped his hand into my pocket and gave me women and thrills. So I think that's the devil. That's like the devil went down right. the Georgia part of like making sure. a deal with the devil, right? Well, like, crossroads. Okay, you killed your yeah. conscience. It was you mm. that you killed. Like you killed your your true self, right. right? Your core self. Like you 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 decided to act on on a whim or on like sinful intentions, maybe, or or your shadow self, whatever the case may be. And then later. I'll just go ahead and jump to the end of the song. Like he says, I was running down the road. I was trying to leave. I saw you all alone between the thieves. That's I think a reference to Jesus on the cross. Right. Right. When the lightning flashed, I saw somebody hanging from a tree. As I turned to walk away, I realized it was me. I pulled out my thorn special. I shot me in the head. I threw me in the alleyway and left me for dead down the road. So it's like turning the whole thing. So he, he's, he killed himself. It's looper. It's Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis. Like spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Spoiler alert. But but it's also this message of like, 
yeah, the good and evil dynamic, like the serpent in the garden, the devil, Jesus, like, and maybe self as uh, an emissary for either like the the angel on the shoulder or the devil and how we can both be one or the other to ourselves. Like we can either be good to ourselves and, and guide ourselves or we can like drag ourselves down. So right. maybe the man in the alleyway giving him a million dollars in his pocket was himself too. Mm-hmm. Maybe the man that touched him that tried to guide him toward goodness was himself too. Like I think it's like self awareness and self love ultimately to me this 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 song is like waging war on the idea that there's like some outside force that's that's going to have all the answers or bring you down like it's it's kind of bringing things back to a sense of responsibility in the self and how you can kind of lead or guide yourself or you can like take yourself down a weird path so this song was lit for me it's my favorite one and that makes sense the music like I don't even know. It it was cool. It was like bluesy and fine. Right. Um. But it was it was the lyrics that that really drew me in, and I, I thought it was interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Lyrically, I did think that I personally didn't. I don't know. It's one of those things we we've we've talked about before. Like like your take on it is a much more articulate way of kind of how I interpreted it as well. And I thought it was really interesting on an intellectual level. I think in the song itself, it doesn't super work or or not that it doesn't work. I think just as a listener, you have to put in that work. Yeah. Which, which is what my brain we, does. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. We've talked, we've talked about that a lot. <laughs> like filling in the gaps, connecting yes, the dots. Exactly. And that completely <laughs> makes sense to me. Like you, that, because I don't do that. Right. Like I don't necessarily want to go to, music to to put in that work yeah vibing baby i think what really connects with tj uh was what larry said about the song i wrote the song as a surrealistic kind of drug level vision of what it means to reject (laughs) christ (laughs) he's talking about how i've gotten the most comprehensive responses from people who have journeyed into drugs where they have hallucinated or perceived things on a less literal level um He's talking about that. But yeah, I, I, TJ, I'm actually going to, I think I'm going to agree with you that this is also my favorite song on the record. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, It was between this and another one, but I think I'm picking this one. I like the story aspect of it where even some parts of it are a little bit confusing uh, to me. Right. Yeah. I get get a little little bit vague where I'm like, your metaphor isn't maybe as strong as you want it to be here. It's also just production wise so good. That I was just like vibe into it, and I had a really good time with it. Uh, my one beef is I really wish that this would have closed side A because we have a nice long song yeah. that closes mm. side B. I think this would have been really good to close side A with as track five. Yep, but it's track yeah. four instead. I agree. So. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing I kept coming back to so much in this record of like this is just sequenced all wrong, <laughs> like all kinds of wrong. Okay, I do have a, a genius annotation if y'all are ready. Let's hear it. Be careful what you sign on Genius. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's just like, it was too good to not bring up in this episode. The line, we had dinner at eight and women at nine. The Genius annotation was, Norman's famous deadpan sense of humor is displayed in most songs. Some of them would go well in modern (laughs) (laughs) stand-up. That's our buddy Jason Kemp. Jason Kemp. 
thinks that we had dinner at eight and women at nine belongs in the new John Mulaney special. It's on the same level. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it would fit in the new John Mulaney special. I was guffawing yeah. in my seat when I first heard it. Well done, Larry. I was listening to Red Fox, man. Party hard. Oh, cool. Man. So it's both of y'all's yep. favorite song on the record. That's so interesting. Yeah. I like that. I like that it could be our favorite song for, for pretty different reasons. Totally different reasons. That's yeah. really cool. And that I can just like, like I said, I can appreciate it intellectually. The 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 blues of it all just disconnected it for me. Mm. If the if the yeah, rest of the band wasn't so good, it wouldn't have worked. But the rest yeah. of the band firing yep. on all cylinders. Yeah, that tracks. It was it was it was pretty fun. All right, well, guys, let's move on to track five, Broken Spirits. Can you spell that for us? B-A-R-O-Q-U-E-N. This is on the same level as medicine s-i-n by classic crime it's like ah, i see what you did there i hate it but i see what you did there <laughs> kylan is this the other song that got stuck in your head no you did not like no 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 oh okay no, don't no, tell no. us what it is i still have another i have a guess i mean and you guys should know you guys should know i i think i know i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you I know feel confident too. I hope it's not one that I actually like that is later in the record. I mean, come on, guys. You know, you well, we'll get to it when we get to it. Okay, all right. This is one I wasn't very crazy about. I, I did like this chorus a lot, though. That was the thing, as opposed to Fly, 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 uh, this one did get yeah, stuck in my head. it feels a little filler. The gospel backup vocals made it for me. Lyrically, I think it's kind of whiny. That's fair. Uh, yeah, but vibe wise, I, I had a good time and it's less than three minutes. So I had a good time with it. <laughs> I said, I'm not mad. This is the shortest one on the record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I did say nice yeah, BGVs. Fair. I did like those. Yeah, they are so pretty good. Cool. They're so good. Also, like, I feel like a lot of Larry's song titles and writing, like there are moments where and we've we've talked about this, but like where the the metaphor or the joke or the the clever thing like doesn't quite land as as well as he hopes it will maybe um this to me is like a prime example like because like who who's out there like being like broken broken baroque music of course like who's Hello. doing that <laughs> uh, is anybody doing, doing that? What, beauty and the beast if it's not baroque, it sounds like a game i would make guys <laughs> sure so yeah. clocksworth yeah cogsworth that's, yeah that's all that's it that's all it is thank you cogsworth. i feel like yeah i think this would have landed a little bit better had he like done some other like i don't know baroque period stuff like if you're talking about other stuff in there then you'd be like yeah but if you're just saying broken and saying broken it's the metaphor doesn't work because he doesn't use any other like reference points for baroque Right. He doesn't say like Beethoven would roll right. over. So the least he could do. He could tell us Beethoven <laughs> Beethoven roll over, you know. Yeah. 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 I thought it was a B. It was a B C plus B song. Yeah. 
And I, I did find like uh, some interesting notes on how Baroque period was was known to be very enthusiastic and emotional. And so I could see an argument for this song being a little bit, and I'm probably giving more credit than is this song is due, but I could see an argument for the song being a little bit of like Larry sort of asking himself, like, did I lose my mojo? It's sort of a, it's, it's a, it's a conversation with like right. his muse. And he's like saying my Baroque spirit, my Baroque spirit, my ability to create or emote or be artistic, the greater sense of like artistry being something that you're touched with and given as a gift. And like, maybe I don't deserve you. Maybe you can't respect a man who needs you more than you need him. There's a read there. There's like, there's a, there's a lens where you could, you could see him sort of asking the question, like, did I lose my, my ability as a performer or as an artist, as a writer, you know, he's like questioning the muse or questioning his own abilities. Um, I think we all as artists relate to that. Like we can have those moments to question our abilities or our validity in our community you know, the theme is there for him to be in self-doubt mode and in darkness and desperation and wanting love and acceptance. Um, but I could also be giving the song a little, a lot more credit than it's due. Like I said, I think you but I'm might trying be, to make that metaphor I work. Appreciate I think you might. You I'm, doing tr- I'm trying to make the metaphor right. like track, like Baroque spirits, like my ability to emote and to create and express like that's probably have you left what he me? was thinking. I don't know. Do you love me? I don't know. I think he's just being a whiny little bitch. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this you're right. funny. Broken spirits. It's so camp. Like, it just feels so yeah. thin. Not like good camp. Not though. good camp. Bad camp. Like mosquitoes in your tent and like you don't get any sleep camp. And like just like real right. gross, it's not like, like sludgy like, oatmeal camp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like fun, fabulous drag queen john waters camp correct it's like not like that <laughs> right okay guys let's move on to track number six christmas time Island. Is it Merry Christmas in July? Fuck We're this. literally doing a Sufjan song right now that we covered last Christmas. It's Christmas in July. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I said, why you gotta do me dirty like that? It's July. Why are you gonna make me listen to a Christmas song? I knew it. I already gotta do one Christmas album it. a year. This is the one. This is the one. And yes! Yeah, you Dude, you okay. I knew it. Yeah, you're right. I really I did. It. Yeah, Josh, I don't know how That's you didn't true. clock that this was. <laughs> I was just thinking because, like, man, I don't like Broken Spirits very much. He probably doesn't <laughs> like it either. <laughs> and it's, it's again, it's that bad catchy. Like, yeah. it's bad catchy. Yes. Not good catchy. Yeah, it's, but, okay. Uh, I will say I hate the majority of the song, but I do kind of love the lyrical turn at the end, because the whole song is the whole, you know, proto, like, oh, there's a war on Christmas. Right. Kind yeah. of conservative talking points thing. Yeah. Uh, he's like, Christmas isn't about Jesus anymore. There's an, a spell it with, with an X. But with an X. at the very end, 
At the very end, he says, I'll see you in an hour when I get back from the store. Like, So he's like owning it, kind of? I don't know. Like, I thought that that turn was hilarious yeah. of just the resignation of like, I'm so indignant. I'm so mad. It's not about Jesus. It's like, well, but, fuck, but I, I got to buy it. stuff for people. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh-huh. part of the capitalist yeah. system. Like I just got to yeah. be. So no, wah, wah. I thought it was interesting. Cause I feel like this is maybe one of the first songs that addresses like the commercial commercialization and like capitalistic machinations of Christmas right. as a problem. But then, yeah, there is that turn at the end. I'm glad you brought that up because I clocked it when I listened to it, but I didn't make a note about it. Uh, I mean, even including that, like the Foley, the cash register Foley at 224. Mm-hmm. Like right. that's yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> honestly, too, I wanted to say this is a Foley redemption for me with Larry oh. Norman. Y'all remember? Oh, I remember. Like the farts. Y'all remember the farts? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was bad for me. I do. If there's one thing this album did for me and with Larry Norman, it's redeem the Foley production component of a Larry Norman album. Mm. We're back, baby. He likes right. his Foley work. So that's a good thing right. about this track. That's the one that's the it's <laughs> the one argument I would have. Yeah, but but in general, the whole thing, like cause I read to this is one of the ones that he intended to be a B side right. to a single. Which that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. It it does not make no, sense on especially this record. Especially track now. six, right in the like, middle it makes, of it. <laughs> it makes no goddamn Why? sense on this record. Why, Why is it here? It's bad. Like this does need to be released at Christmas time and yeah. Christmas time only. <laughs> also, and that's the thing. Like I would appreciate it if it was just a Christmas yes. single, or I caught this on like a. Christmas I was gonna say album. it feels like a B side to Bruce Springsteen's. Um, Santa Claus is coming. Santa to Claus town. coming to town. Yeah. yeah, the saxophone and everything. Yeah, like yeah. it would work as a B side on that. It would work as a Christmas time single from Larry Norman. It makes yeah. no sense on this but album. Why in the middle of this record? What were now? they doing why? in the seventies for it? Yeah, <laughs> to like, put a Christmas work. song. Cocaine. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> and baroque music. <laughs> yeah, at the same uh, time, yeah. cocaine and yeah. baroque music. Oh uh, man, I yeah. I wasn't crazy about it being a Christmas song and in the middle of the record, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I really love like sarcastic, cynical Larry Norman, like what you're talking about, especially with that line, the, right. yeah. I gotta buy a present, I don't even know who it's for, but I'll see you an hour when I get back from the store. I wish there was yep. more lyrics in the verses than them him doing a line and then doing the it's Christmas time, because I'm like, we, we get it, Larry. That's like There's a lot of that going on. Write some more like funny lyrics about Clever. like yeah santa claus is coming right. and the kids are getting greedy because like, the rest of yeah. it yeah it just feels mm-hmm. so like at this point we've just been so inundated with like people thinking there's a war i feel like Christmas. it's i mean i feel like it's, it's half because like, i have the verses like the 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 consumerism part of it commercialization and then the other half is the like the war on christmas of like now you spell it with an x like, that's the worst one. The other one is like, but who plants the seeds? That one's not, I feel like, as whiny. I feel like that's still kind of funny. Yeah, you that, was a good, right. that was a good line. Yeah, so I feel like it falls yeah. more for me, at least, on the commercialization side of it. That, that's my thing is, like, as a Christmas song, I'm Same. all for this song. Because of Same. that last line. Like, because of that whole, like, last yep. little turn. Like, I will probably add this to totally. a Christmas playlist. On this record, it makes <laughs> no, no sense goddamn at all. sense. It, so ru- cut it, it ruins and things. keep eight songs, an eight-song record. 
Or maybe some add some more. Well, I would replace it with one of the oh, ones okay. that he wanted. All right, on here. I like that. Yeah. I like that. But and his vocal performance is really interesting because it felt like he was trying to go for like a you know yeah. I, I feel like the vocal performances on this he's going he did Elton John Ronnie Van Zant this is like a real like Iggy Pop and the Stooges yeah. kind of like almost like proto yeah, it's got some kind swagger of and some he's grit. like kind of yep. kind of yeah uh-huh. a little nasally and kind of like yeah, eh, yeah he's angry. <laughs> i think well the song is very this and i think larry was leaning into this with his impression i said it was very mick jagger yes yeah because it's this yeah. is a rolling stone yeah, song for sure yep for sure oh yeah for sure so i i was just hearing mick jagger the whole time especially when the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i'm like that's yeah. a mick line right there oh yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah you're right but this is definitely the one that got stuck in my head the most. <laughs> I was like, giving my daughter a bath and like, it's so like, Christmas. It's God damn it. Why? Personal it's hell. not Christmas time. <laughs> Get out of here. This Christmas bullshit. Uh, great. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, guys. Do we have anything else for oh, Christmas time? Oh, there's another It doesn't belong out. here. Oh, and Broken Spirits. Yeah. There another was a fade out, out too. fade out. So four of the six songs have had fade outs. Oh man! Which, for the Thanks record, for I'm not anti fade out, but I will notice it if it is used a lot, and it is on this record. In my mind, you are I will be for you. You're no. a stickler for fade <laughs> out. Okay, you want them to work. Anti fade out. I'll be anti fade out for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Edit point. Insert something clever for she's a dancer. Here's track number seven. She's a dancer. I'm keeping that in the episode. <laughs> by the way, that's oh. my new bit. She's a dancer. I have one note for this song. Ooh, what is it? This is the kind of Ren Faire folk bullshit that I do not like. <laughs> you know that meme, Kylan, with the guy that's sitting at the table and he's like, change my mind. I'm about to yeah. change your mind. Oh, okay. okay. So I said the same. I said something similar. So this is some metaphorical, like hokey pokey nonsense. But mm-hmm. then I went to the songs of Larry Norman.com. Hey, me too. <laughs> And I found the most amazing quote from Larry about this song. I wanted to like this song. I wasn't sure about it. I did some digging and it kind of changed my mind. I think this is my second favorite song okay. on the album. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's, wow. yeah, I'll just read his quote. It's a little long, but I don't know what else we have to say about this song. So uh, <laughs> I feel like that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Take some time. Uh, <laughs> he says, I loved dancing. I used to go to the park and dance. You know that song, She's a Dancer? That's about me. I'm the dancer. When I was little, I'd go down the Panhandle Park. This was in San Francisco. This was actually two blocks away from Hyde Ashbury. And the slum where I lived was on uh, Lyon Street or Leon Street, across the other side of the park in the black section. I'd go down to the Panhandle Park and I would just run around chasing the squirrels and picking up acorns and just twirling around and enjoying being alone being alone. Kids weren't picking on me and stuff. And then I'd notice somebody was watching me and I'd get really embarrassed. And then I'd pretend I was just goofing around, you know? So that's what the song is about. And on my early morning walks, I often find, on my early morning walks, I often find I was pretending that I was the adult sitting on the park bench, pretending to read the newspaper. But really, I was watching the dancer. 
But really, I was the dancer and I was in conflict. You know, what was I going to do? I had my private life where I loved Christ and I didn't think there was anything wrong with dancing around. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with writing songs that I was writing. But the church was disturbed. So there was the parental force in me that wanted to be accepted by the grownups at my church. But then there was the child in me who knew, hey, I'm only 10 years old, you know? What am I doing that's so wrong? I'm just trying to understand what the Bible says and be a Christian. So that's what the dancer is. It's about conflict. It's about the schism in my religious life where I was trying to follow the Lord, but instead I was trying to follow the church. And the church and God are not always going the same direction. We don't usually see see that until years later in hindsight. We, you know, we feel bad about all the people we attacked as an early Christian and told them you're going to hell and you can't have long hair and go to heaven. And unless you're baptized, you're going to go to hell. You know, if you're a Christian and you die an hour later, you're going to hell. You're going to hell because you haven't been baptized. And all the things that we once believed in our first couple of years of salvation, we later wish we could go back and talk to all those people we offended and say, I'm really sorry. I was wrong. Here's what I've learned now. We wish that we could preach to them in love instead of legalism. That's what the song is about. It's about my emotional conflict as an early Christian. Whoa. I love that. That's beautiful. That's incredible. That's Isn't amazing. that cool? So it changed the song for me. And it's done such a disservice by the shitty Ren Fair <laughs> folk. All right. Agree to disagree all. because he's being vulnerable as an artist and he's expressing himself. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I get like the sentiment of it. I, I think it I'm, needs to be tender. I think it needs to be a little bit like, right. Like almost whimsical and like, and I don't know. I, I, th I think this is like him being himself. I think he's finally like, like this is the yeah. first most vulnerable moment we've seen on this album of him not being whiny, yeah, of him not sure. talking about Christmas time. Like, yeah, yeah, he's he's finally kind of being like, okay, this is me. I'm like yeah, opening myself up to you. Right. So no, that's I'm, that's why I I'm, like it. I'm I'm speaking purely from a musical or production just auditory vibe standpoint is That's just fair. something that I don't connect to the whole like medieval sort of inspired sure. yeah, folk that's me thing. Too. Um, like, cause there's a different kind of like folk music as well that like the more kind of rooted, maybe more in like, yeah, I was going to say, cause you like Simon and Garfunkel, like, right? American country music. I do. I'm okay with Simon and Garfunkel. I don't love Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, that was actually, I got a lot of Simon yeah. Garfunkel vibes on this, but the stuff that I don't like <laughs> fair enough from them, but I love that whole thing that right? you just read. I love yeah. that vulnerability. I love that sentiment of the whole idea of fighting against the legalism and having this conflict within yourself of like, well, this is what I was taught was the right thing, but I'm just trying to like. Yeah, live work my it life out for myself. And love God and love myself and love right. other people. Like it, it, yeah, that's incredibly beautiful. I love that. I loved his explanation of it way more the than song. I loved yeah. the actual yeah. song. You really Just need that context, to it, you know? Otherwise yeah. It's like, well, and that's, that's what helped me like the song because yeah. I read it and then I did like my second and third listen through to the album. And, yeah, and yeah. with that context, I was able to appreciate it a little more. But yeah. I get it. The Ren Fair vibe isn't for everybody. It's not my favorite thing either. Right. I like it. And especially with this context, it's like I can I can I can really get into that headspace and just appreciate the vulnerability. What breaks my heart is that he had right. to like write this song about somebody else and even change the gender. Like I wish he could have written right. like yeah, yeah. I am a dancer or something. 
I'm the dancer. Right. Yeah. Because, well, there's the whole thing too of like the sort of sexual and, and, and gender politics right. of the time of like, if you're going to be vulnerable, like you have to write it. It's about a woman. If it's like this, like soft, yeah. sweet kind of thing. But that is also like really right. fascinating. He too. couldn't like, I, I wish that he could have embodied the feminine in himself and then just owned that and written from right. that perspective. But I love that he was willing to talk about it like this and and that that we have this kind of um, summation from him that, that explains the song a little better. But yeah, I mean, musically, is it my favorite? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got I got no qualms saying that. <laughs> but that's why we have both of us on the show, though. There we go. I'm not really focused on the. No, that was a great pull. I went to the songs of LarryNorman.com too. TJ, but I didn't get that great of a pull. So thank you for that wonderful yeah. context. That was, yeah. This oh, yeah. one, yeah, that was very good. Uh, this one felt very much like the part in me of this record, like that was on Only Visiting This Planet. Even like similar yes. vibes, having like the strings mm-hmm. and like the real slow and like his like vulnerable like d- vocal delivery as well. Yeah. And that's so, probably a that, better song, yeah. but yeah, I like me, that he's doing the yeah. same thing on this album too yeah right yeah yeah. it was rough hitting this right after like the rocking christmas time (laughs) of one going from christmas time to like dancing in a park and then like the rolling stones to this yes yeah it's just like why was christmas time on this album it did not belong fucks up the flow so hard that's true cool well we got anything else on cheese no thank you for that tj want to thank oh, you yeah. again my that pleasure. was great yeah for yeah. real no that that honestly was probably my favorite fact pull uh context that we've got yeah, on this yeah. whole episode yeah no my pleasure glad i found it let's go into track number eight soul survivor s-o-u-l cool <laughs> i see what you did there This is the one I was worried that was going to be the one that got stuck in your head that you didn't like, because I think this is my favorite chorus on the record. Okay. For sure. My whole thing is the title is so good. Like for being an earth, like if this was done in like, like 10 years ago, it'd be like, okay, that's cheesy. But the fact that it was done in the seventies, like that title is so good. And I feel like it's wasted by the lyrical content. Like you could do so much with the idea of S O U L soul yep. survivor. And then he goes back to the whiny yeah. yep. bullshit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like self-centered and, and he doesn't use the metaphor yeah. well at all. Like at all. He like, he messes it's it such up a bummer bad on cause, it, cause it had such potential and especially coming off like a lot of the cool I stuff know. that he did on only visiting this planet. It's like, okay, you have the right. capability, you have the potential. It's there. Yeah. And specifically coming after something as vulnerable as she's a dancer. Soul Survivor could be so good. It felt very redundant. And then it's like literally like, let me read some of these lyrics. My life was good when she was hanging around. My love was flying so high and free. But when she left, my dreams came tumbling down. Now I'm the sole survivor of this Mm -hmm. tragedy. It's like, that's and just just And straight up saying, oh, yes, I need somebody's sympathy. Like, 
Come on, <laughs> man. Give me sympathy, please. Like, <laughs> just read the room. More sympathy, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, he's the sole survivor in this tragedy. All the wrong was done to him. Yeah. And the fact that there's really no sort of like religious connotation. Yeah, or there's no spiritual. It's just substance yeah, at all. Yeah. Like he, it's like it's the same thing with broken it, spirits. It should. He this just song thought should. of broken, broken spirits, and he thought of Soul Survivor. But then he's like, right, okay, I've. It's a breakup idea. song. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sad boy song. Yeah, and then didn't go anywhere yeah. with it. Yeah, it's such a bummer. Yeah, it's, it's rough. such a bummer. Mm, dang. I will say again, though, the sweet, sweet bass, and specifically at 108 in the song, when it goes, like, super high. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool moment. This right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And then it goes back down low after that. Yeah. And I really liked the dynamics of this song, of, like, after the second Mm -hmm. chorus which I guess is kind of just the second verse, like it brings it down and then like hits like this cool bridge, I guess I'm calling it at one thirty, but then it like brings it back up again. And there's like that great guitar solo and the band is just rocking out on it. So I'm with you on like acknowledging that it's a wasted use of the pun and that it could have lyrically done a lot more, uh, but like mm-hmm. musically and not necessarily lyric wise, but just like melodically, musically and melodically. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the standouts on the record. Yeah, and one of my faves for sure. That's what was so frustrating yes. about it. I think with the precedent that only visiting this planet set right, like that's the thing. Right. If we came into this not yeah not having heard that, we might feel a little differently. Maybe I think I right, have a exactly. similar read, but I wouldn't have as much maybe. Yeah. High, like my expectations would be a little lower. It's like we know what That's he's capable it. of lyrically in terms of like the the wordplay and the spiritual connections right. and things. So when it becomes just like all about me, like oh, I'm so sad, it's like oh, okay, well, fuck you, man. Like you could have done so much better. Let's and it's yourself. so interesting that he picked this kind of like kind of up tempo, like happy, poppy, whimsical, cavalier feeling right. song. To do another like sad boy song, like he could have right. written about something else for this music and this melody. He could have like put something else there, yeah, yeah. You know, but instead it was okay. I'm exactly. gonna use this pun, and like I'm not gonna use the potential metaphor here. I'm just gonna make it a a, a bummer, <laughs> a heartbreak right. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's it's Nick to the you worst guys, degree. You guys are right. You guys are right. Yeah, but but also it. you're right, Josh. Right. Like right. musically, it's fun. But yeah. musically, yeah, it's like yeah. So so solid, super cool. It's one of the yeah. Uh, I think that's why I'm frustrated. <laughs> I so much, which is why I want to call it. Yeah, out. no, va- very valid points. There's also another fade out. You got anything another, else? Another fade out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, another fade out, man. Okay, uh, so this is the last track on the official record. This is the last track, Nightmare, number 71. Last night I had that same old dream that rocked me in my sleep and left me the impression that the Sandman plays for keeps. I dreamed I was in concert on the middle of a cloud. John Wayne and Billy Graham were giving breath mints to the crowd. I fell through a hole in heaven. This obviously was his attempt to, I feel, sort of recapture the magic of 
I am the six o'clock. Well, news. and Reader's Digest. Yeah, I felt it more feels, Reader's Digest. It feels Reader's yeah. Digest. Like a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, of yeah. both of those. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of just like all the references yep. and stuff. But okay, as the resident yeah. movie guy, you guys. Oh my god! Give I was you're context gonna have to. hoping you would. You have to because so many of these references are so <laughs> entirely obscure. No, they're Island, all. You knew all these, didn't you? Oh, I have no oh, doubt. Yes. Of course, yeah, I knew yeah. you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was knew there, seriously, Marks. be honest. Was there one that you didn't catch? Be honest. Guy Kibble. Kippy? Guy Kibble. I didn't. I wasn't. Kibby. Yeah. Kibby. I didn't know. But I found out something interesting. I didn't realize he was in Gold Diggers of 1933, which is a Busby Berkeley movie that I super love. It's on Max if anyone wants to watch it. It's one of the best movie musicals right. of all time. But yeah. Okay. Context. Bill Robinson. He was a, a, a black dancer and performer, often known as Bojangles. When he he was in a movie with Shirley Temple, right? He was in he was in five movies okay, with Shirley movies. Temple. There, it's all basically uh, what I think happened was he watched a Shirley <laughs> Temple movie before he went to bed because <laughs> Guy Kibbe was also I needed your interpretation in Shirley of Temple like movie. what happened here, and this is this is not disappointing. This Thank you so much. He for sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he for sure just like. Was like eating chicken wings and watched a Shirley Temple movie and fell asleep, and that was in like a lonely hotel in that Minnesota. Came up with this song, <laughs> um, right? There's uh, Errol Flynn, right. Ronald Coleman, and I got Errol Lincoln, Flynn. all silent film stars. Yeah, all silent film Errol stars. Was, stars of the Hollywood wasn't he Golden Robin Age. Hood? Yeah, he was Robin Hood. He did a lot of swashbuckler okay. films. Yeah. Okay, I have a crazy story. I want to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Because uh, he talks about Harpo right. Marx. Well, it's a knew, it's a marionette one. of Harpo Marx, right? That's his right. song well, version. Well, guys, there's there's a there's a Harpo Marx Shirley Temple connection. Oh, as well. okay. So I don't think he was specifically in any movies uh-huh. with her. She might have been in Animal Crackers, but so Harpo Marx was apparently obsessed with Shirley Temple when she was like a kid, like to a That's weird not problematic degree, at all <laughs> to a way that now, now given like lots of years of fortunate stories, let's call it perspective. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so in heart in Groucho Marx's uh, autobiography and ni- that came out in 1973. Same years. Uh, he, he wrote about this. He wrote about this a little bit. He said, we were shooting horse feathers it was a college picture, and we had to go on location and shoot some scenes at Occidental College. A little girl would come by each day and watch us work. She was usually with her father or mother. Harpo wasn't married at the time, but he was crazy about oh, this little no. girl. Mm, the weird qualifier. I don't like so that. So crazy about her. So crazy about her that he offered her parents $50,000 for her. No, but of no, course no, her no, parents no, no, no. didn't accept it. No, the sentence stops. It turns the out the little... stops there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it turned out that the little girl was Shirley Temple before she got into movies. She was beautiful and cute. Harpo wanted to buy her. When she grew up, she became a real reactionary. She became as far from liberalism as you can get. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. Like, strange comedy men tried to buy her for $50,000? What the fuck is that? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But that is just, like, insane, That's a normal thing people do. Buy your daughter for 50 grand right now. I think in in the 30s, oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. Don't like any of this. Oh, I don't man. either. No wonder like, he made Harpo and Mary. And I feel like 
That's what he deserves. I feel like this was all treated <laughs> at the time. It was all treated as like, well, that's, oh, that's so cute. She that's turned out just to be famous. Are. He wanted to adopt her. It's like I don't think that's yikes. Mm, man. What happened? Oh, so then most of my notes ended up being about how <laughs> fucked up that was, and I forgot to write notes about okay, the actual song. But 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 kind of circling back, like what do you what do you think Larry's obsession is with like early? like 20s 30s hollywood like what is going on here i think that's just like the same way that people now are obsessed with the 80s it wasn't like 50s and 60s like hollywood right that would have been when he was growing up right right it's like before before his time and it's like a little girl (laughs) and like all these randos i i think he just i mean because like i think a lot of those shirley temple movies and stuff were some of the first movies that were just like shown on television True. regularly. Cause th- this was also, mm. remember this was before VHS and before home video became a thing. So it was essentially whatever was programmed on TV. And a lot of times what was programmed on TV was stuff that either had fallen into the public domain or stuff because it was a lot older was a lot cheaper mm-hmm. to license. So I More think, it, I think, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that necessarily like, you know, I think probably growing up, especially if he if he grew up in like a poor neighborhood and stuff like if they had television, uh, most likely what was on there was going to be more of that like way older Silent stuff. films got real cheaper to license once sound became a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Wow, we got to sell exactly. these. <laughs> uh, this has been I Love Films. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kylan, have you ever thought about uh, talking about movies in a podcast format? <laughs> Never. I would love to. You would hate Someone that, give right? me an opportunity. Yeah, Someone I don't give know me if a platform. qualified enough to do so. No. I should probably, probably do not. it instead. You and me, TJ. Yeah. Let's, let's do it, man. Let's do it. We don't need Kylan to do it. He's he brings us down. So, movie films and things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I didn't know any of these I didn't know any of these people except for Harpo Marx which I'm now regretting knowing I knew Errol Flynn I think I I knew that Bill Robinson was like a a major player in that era but I didn't know why and then I I looked up the Shirley Temple connection and like tap dancing right he's like a tap dancing star so but okay here's here's my thing so Larry's his most Dylan on this track I think we can agree for sure. And, I wrote that too. And yeah. I just want to understand like what his connection is to like, I don't know. It feels like a little bit of a leap between the sort of who's who of Hollywood in the thirties and the like <laughs> weird apocalyptic environmental message that he's making of the seventies. The great egg of like, Euphrates yeah, came down out of into the like sky. Weird future past kind of stuff of like atlantis right like it starts it starts as like right. a who's who of hollywood in the 30s and then it gets into environmental concerns and in an apocalyptic style and then it's him having a conversation with a marionette of harpo marks about more hollywood name drop people and then he's losing his girl so he comes back to the sad sack right. like breakup thing even in this song even in this weird nightmare story song he's still fixated right. on like the lost love component and of this he has album. to do his he own can't drop now. it yeah yeah well <laughs> like, i don't know i i think this song is pretty indicative of like of both the best and worst 
tendencies of Larry Norman as a songwriter yeah. in that he's he's either entirely too navel gazy or he's entirely too cerebral. Mm. And this has like a mix of both. Like, although to be fair, this does feel like a night. Totally. Like it feels like he literally was keeping a dream journal and woke up wrote in the middle of the night and just yeah. wrote it down and then just sang it. Or, you know or, what or. I mean? Like, but without maybe a lot of thought for the metaphorical meaning behind it and more sort of focused on the referential element mm. of it to may, maybe attempting to do the whole kind of Bob Dylan right. thing of like, let me just, or, or even the kind of John Lennon thing of like, maybe let me just spout and a bunch of nonsense it, and let people interpret right, it see how if they it lands will. Some way. Yeah. And I don't think it really yeah. lands. Well, it's, it's all over the place. And like, I, I don't think it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad song, but it's very confusing and convoluted because he goes yeah. from all of that stuff to like quoting right. Jesus when he says man does not live, right. but just survives. Well, that, that was cool. Section, like I was like, all right, that, that whole section of that felt like some of the songs from only right. visiting this planet, the let the proud, but dying nation kiss the last generation. He says, like, we kill our children to swap our wives. We swallow pills and fours and fives. Like, all of that I thought was, like, really mm -hmm. interesting. But when it comes right after, I said, Errol Flynn dropped by, but he girl, tried to yeah. steal my girl. I'm stuck with my own cooking. And then he said exactly 89 words to me. I'm just like, okay, this is... <laughs> this yeah, it's a little yeah. self-indulgent in a, in a bad sense. way. Yeah, and, and the whole thing for me... And I feel like in making this, because this is what the, another instance, the last song on the record is where he says the album title. So we lost it so long ago, the garden, or we left it so long ago, the garden. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if this is going to be the crux of the idea that you're going to name the record on, right. all of these ideas I really like. And I like the whole of like, once again, you have this idea of like, if you're making this trilogy and like, I'm going to explore the past, like with going back to the garden. Right. A lot of that is encapsulated in this song, but not on the rest of the record at all. Yes. So I'm like, <laughs> right. I like your idea, but all of that is only in this one song. Right. It feels, it ends up feeling just as out of place as yeah. Christmas time. The whole album. <laughs> yeah. It's like every, all the concepts of the album was just packed into the one song. You forgot to spread it out in the other songs, which I feel like only visiting this right. planet did very well. When he's talking about the whole modern state of everything in Reader's Digest, yeah, and the present. it connects to the Great American Story. It connects to Six O'clock News. It connects to right. all that stuff very well. Right. Whereas this right. has just like been a big breakup record with a Christmas song, and then yeah. this, and like maybe that was his hope is that like it's a breakup record, so that's the past. Right. Like I'm like reflecting on love right. and lost love, but it's so intensely personal and weepy that it doesn't it doesn't connect the personal to the universal. Like we talk about a lot of times on this podcast, like that's right. good writing, yeah, which is. Yeah, which is what I was saying, too. That's that's the worst tendency right. of Larry Norman. It's like it's too big and too small, but not enough of both. It doesn't. It, or convalescing yeah, exactly. like it's it's not connecting those things at all and he he says the words right. the garden a couple times in this in the in the album i i clocked mm -hmm. that and i was like okay i see what you're doing um and the past he says the past like a couple times or, or references the past but it's like nothing of substance there's no there's no real work right. that he's doing to like create this concept trilogy 
So, yeah, I don't know, man. The one <laughs> the one line that I loved in this song was uh, I dreamed I was it's at the beginning of the song. I dreamed I was in a concert in the middle of a cloud. John Wayne and Billy Graham were gr- giving breath mints to the crowd. That's the best line in this song. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. John Wayne and Billy Graham yeah. giving breath mints to the crowd. What an image. Uh-huh. Incredible. And so I, I think it says a lot about the song, maybe the mm. album as a whole. Yeah, I did find did because yep. he, he says Harper Marks. I think says that he said eighty nine words to me, and he yes. Larry says count them. Uh, I did. It's ninety four words. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yes, he didn't even count his own words it's right. Ninety four words. Yes, I did find a hey. note for this on Wikipedia that it says. In the original version of the song, however, the actual number of the words is 94. The version from (laughs) almost dot, 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 so long ago, the garden, and the MGM singles adds a further five words where he says, we sleep till he arrives, bringing the count up to 99. Oh, no. Norman makes reference to this near the end of the song, leaving the past behind from the album Something New Under the Sun by singing 89 is really 99. So we get more of his retroactive correcting. Uh, so he realized it's <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, and he like fixed it by adding. Like, yeah, yeah, he added and he's like, "89 right. is really 99, guys." Is really oh 99. my goodness, yeah, buddy. I don't know. It's wild to me that he uh, he said that this was his favorite yeah, record. It's crazy because it feels. I a need lot the more next one to be better. Than, <laughs> I need it. I know. I need it oh, to be better. Man. Okay, we have done it. We have listened to. Uh, so long ago, the garden by Larry Norman from 1973. So it comes down to this: our final verdicts, flop or bop. How do we want to do this, gentlemen? Ooh, does anyone want to go last? I don't. <laughs> you don't want to go last, okay? Kyle, I'll go first. Me, TJ. Sure. Why not? Perfect. Okay. So I had very high expectations for this record. Obviously, uh, only visiting this planet was so good, and. I talked I talked a big game on part A. I was pretty sure we were all gonna bop it. And then I listened. Oh, no. <gasps> <laughs> I think most of what we said on on Nightmare number seventy one kind of sums up my feelings about the record. It's too big or too small. I just there are a lot of really like the musical production was so good. Lyrical content just bummed me out. It yep. just wasn't up to par of what I anticipated or expected from Larry Norman. So, unfortunately, it's going to be a hard flop from me. Yeah. Brutal. I get it, man. Hard flop. What about you, Josh? I'm 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 not surprised after hearing us talk about the record. Y'all have brought to my attention a lot of the flaws and a lot of stuff that... Okay, so my experience with this was I I was on on vacation. vacation. Vacation, Josh. Vacation, Josh. That, that could have changed your it perspective. Could have. Okay, because sure. I first listened to this. I listened to like the first three, four songs on vacation while we were just chilling. Mm. Um, but then I like got like my really good listens in is like we were driving. It'd been like it's 9 p.m. We're just into Oklahoma, driving from Minnesota all day. Everyone's like going to sleep. So I put my headphones in so I can like be like, all right, it's time for me to drive and finish out this road trip. And I put this on and... I'm just like vibing because the music, the production is so good. 
And the I was production like, oh, is super. Oh man, I was feeling it. I was having a great time. I was like getting to, like relive like the greatness of only visiting this planet in a way. Like oh, I remember mm-hmm. how good that record was and that how fun that episode was. And I was going to call that. I was I was surprised. I, I'm glad I didn't. But I was thinking I was like, man, TJ might even like this record more because we're not going to have the Larry Norman problem of hate the message, love the vibe. Because mm. there's not much like there's the religious part of this record, which I think y'all right, a lot yeah, of y'all yeah. had some issues with, is not to be found on this record because mm, it's just right. breakup songs instead. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but little did you know that we apparently had the yeah. opposite problem. It wasn't spiritual <laughs> enough. <laughs> like Larry expected more from you. So yeah, I was I was surprised, but I I agree with everything that we talked about on and all the points that you raised. I think I'm still going to give this barely a bop because I was jamming it wow. so much and I've definitely realized like my first impressions of it were super high and then the more I've listened to it throughout the week to like write my notes, my enjoyment of it my enjoyment of it has like been declining, mm. but I think as of right now, right. it still falls above the bop threshold. Okay. All right. All right. Respect. Well, Josh, you blew our minds when you brought us Mr. Larry Norman and we visited mm-hmm. his planet in the present. And then We went back to the past, and though we often view the past through rose-colored glasses as we let nostalgia wash heavily over us and inform our opinions of things. Oh, hold on, TJ. Hold on. Hold on. I think you're missing uh, uh, your soapbox. Hold on. Hold on. I got it right here. (laughs) All right. So... You're you're being entirely too eloquent to not have a soapbox. So, though we often allow our... Memories of the halcyon days of the past to feel just oh so beautiful and delightful and perfect. In this case, so, so, so long ago. The garden stinks, man. I gotta flop Ooh. it. It's it's sad, it's whiny, it's it's self-indulgent in all the wrong ways. The production is so sweet. I completely so agree with both of y'all. The production rules and, you know, there's a lot of cool things that happen over the course of this album. I liked the moment where he got really vulnerable on She's a Dancer. I, you know, I enjoyed some other some other moments and, and, you know, turns of phrase that were really cool. And um, the the looper concept sci fi existential song, it was a blast. I like digging into that. But overall, man. This album is not Larry's best. I'm just going to say it. I don't think it's Larry's best. And I'm ready to go to another land in the future with you guys. (laughs) We're going to go to another land in the future. And we're going to see if Larry returns to form or if he stays so long ago in the garden. In the the, the flop garden. In the flarden, you might say. Flarden. Yeah, okay, so I think for me, I think it comes down to I think it comes down to yeah. expectations. Yeah. For sure. Like I said earlier, if we had come to this album without only visiting this planet, right? Like Right. I think I would have yeah. felt differently. I think I would have given it more leeway in terms of being like a quote unquote CCM mm-hmm. record from the seventies. Mm-hmm. I think I would have 
I would have been a lot less harsh in that like, wow, this is really interesting that it was controversial because it's a quote unquote right. Christian record that's talking about more of these like personal relationship things. I think more of the expectation Josh had for us to interpret this. Yeah, fairly. But yeah, it comes down to we listened to and only it visiting set a precedent. this first, and that it was, was so fucking good. We yeah, exactly, it. exactly. Larry, we love that album, man. So we'll see. We'll just yeah. see in another yeah, land. We'll see, is man, that we'll other land to. on the planet? Is it on the same planet? Oof, I sure hope so. Or is it in the garden? Is the garden in the land? We don't know. On the planet, Kylan, that brought up a note that I forgot to mention on Nightmare that I want to just say real quick about. Uh, I did find he says Larry says hell I'm lonely can't you see and I was like that's very interesting that like I guess what most people in the Christian community would consider like a curse word is like Larry Saint dropping this on right, 1923 yeah, yeah. so I was like whoa that's controversial yeah. as well so yeah, I meant end. to say that there but yeah I just had to bring it up because I was like oh I can't believe he actually said that in 1973 it is really good though it's yeah. good but yeah yeah I think it just came down to mm-hmm. expectations. Yeah think our expectations are too high because we've seen what mr norman can That's do it. and he just he just didn't bring it the way i, I just have this. to hope this is the but low point in the trilogy i hope so yeah. i yeah. hope yeah and i'll say this yeah. I, I just read that uh in another land contains some of norman's most well-known work so i hope that that's because okay it's some of his best and therefore traveled far and wide and had critical acclaim right that's my hope Fingers crossed. For sure. We will Me see. as well. Fingers crossed. We'll see. I think we're covering that next year. Finish right? out our trilogy. That's it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I think that's going to be it from us. Um, if you like this, we got more bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, besides that, follow us on social media or Church James Now everywhere. And you know what? We don't ask for this very often, but if you like the show... Uh, rate and review it on iTunes and stuff. That is super helpful. I think we only have two reviews, and one of them I'm pretty sure is TJ. Yeah. Cannot confirm, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> and, it was TJ from when we first started the podcast. For a while, you were the sole survivor of oh. the reviews, so glad there's someone else with you. Yeah, It was a nightmare, number 71. You were. That you were. Nightmare number 71. Okay, guys, that's going to be it from us. May all your favorite bands stay together, and of course, peace out, Monfrey's. Peace out.